0: Hey guys, I'm really excited to announce that after 21 short episodes, we have our first sponsor. It's a locally owned and operated non-profit video rental store called Film is Truth. They have a collection of over 19,000 films in VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. So no matter what platform you watch on, you can find the film you're looking for. They have a little bit of everything, but specialize in foreign, independent, art house, and documentary films, which is super cool because they likely have a selection that you won't be able to find in larger stores or even on some of the larger streaming platforms. This is great for filmmakers especially because you should have a wide background of films to pull from in your own filmmaking. Here at Back to Back Films, we are all about expanding not only our own knowledge, but the knowledge of our listeners, viewing films that we normally wouldn't watch, so this is a really special partnership for us. Film is Truth is open from noon to 9 p.m. every day and can be found here in Bellingham at 1530 Cornwall Avenue inside the Terra Organica market. That's convenient for you because you can get your food and your films in one stop. If you are a non-local listener, then you can find them at filmisttruth.com or at facebook.com at filmistruth. All right, everyone. Enjoy the show. Back-to-Back Films Podcast. This week, we're doing a technical discussion of frame rates with the two films, Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk and Around the World in 80 Days, the 1956 version, since there's like four of them or something like that. Uh, As always, we recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing for listening to the episode. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. I am Jacob. All right. uh, (laughs) So we're going to skip... Uh, updates and stuff like that just because Jacob has a decent amount to talk about um, and we just want to focus on the, the technical stuff so uh, I'm gonna let you well let me intro- I guess I'll introduce the films first and then yeah, let that and yeah. then you can jump right into it
1: um, I know we're not supposed to do updates but I did lose my arm so I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we should talk about that what
0: It was a joke. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That joke came out of nowhere. There was no, like, like context to that joke. Uh, so, like, was that, like, I a died. joke on the on the movie? Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what you were talking about. I don't know. It was a bad joke, right? I think were going to say, like, arm... A or something no there is no
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is only buildup there is only buildup i died and became an angel though so oh, that was uh, i thought you
0: were gonna drop it but apparently <laughs> it's gonna keep on keep, keeping on apparently um i thought it was too until this moment <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're starting this one off strong. Yeah, um, you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so, our first film uh, is Around the World in 80 Days, released in 1956. Uh, just a quick little summary here A Victorian Englishman bets that with the new steamships and railways He can circumnavigate the globe in 80 days Around the World in 80 Days was written by James Poe, John Farrow, and S.J. Perlman And it was directed by Michael Anderson It stars Cunton Floss, David Niven, Shirley MacLaine, and Robert Newton In a cast of thousands But nice. actually though, like a ton of people Yeah, yeah. The cameos More, yeah. Holy shit But were we'll were talk about ca- that later Were there cameos? Yeah Oh man, dude! The cameos. Oh, I'll, well, I'll talk about it. I right. didn't know like anyone in this movie, so yeah, I didn't either. <gasps> oh, I don't know like, any of the writers, the director, the actors. Me. None of it. None of it. That's well, what, I know. That's I know. Like Saul Bass movie. did oh. the
1: credit outro, so like
0: that Ooh. was. Oh, did he? Oh, that yeah, makes sense. Did. It does look. Yeah, yeah. It does look. Uh, Byron is <laughs> Byron, dying
1: right now. I think Byron just turned into an angel, though.
0: Guys, guys.
2: Oh my god. We didn't grow up on that old cinema like you did This, information, this, this is so. this
0: is like this is like cameo gold. Well, you have to tell us about it because yeah. okay, right. like, sort just... of like
1: how Billy Lynn is also a cameo cult.
0: <laughs> dude, that cameo Destiny's by Destiny's Child, Child was dope. Guys, it's Destiny's Child. <laughs> uh, so is the that second... the real Destiny's Child? I think it is. Totally, dude. That totally was not a <laughs> shitty blonde wig on top of no. someone. No. no. <laughs> um, our second film is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, released in twenty. It was twenty sixteen, right? I hope I'd... I. Hope I'd yeah, I right? believe so. Okay. Because I actually didn't double check that. I I thought it was
1: 2017. I will check right now.
0: I didn't double check that. Or
1: maybe it was
2: uh, made in 2016 and then released in 2017. I don't
0: know. I think it. Oh, 2016. Okay. 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 Yeah, I thought so. Um, So 19 year old Billy Lynn is brought home for victory after a harrowing Iraq battle. Through flashbacks, the film shows what really happened to his squad, contrasting the realities of war with America's perceptions. Uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk was written by Jean-Christophe Castelli, and it was directed by Ang Lee. It stars Joe Alwyn, Garrett Hedlund, Arturo Castro, Vin Diesel, Steve Martin, Kristen Stewart, and Chris Tucker, which is funny that he popped up in this movie because we were like, we just, just talking, talking about, about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and Chris Rock.
1: I forgot. He, like, I knew that when I first heard about this movie, and then I forgot. And then when I was watching the movie... I saw Chris Tucker and was like, oh, fuck, what the
0: hell? I was seeing this. And then I remembered. Also, I can't wait to talk about Vin Diesel in this movie because, like, he had to be yeah. expensive yeah. to cast in this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was such a. Like, well, I even Steve Martin, because he doesn't, he's not in anything anymore. Yeah. He, he, I think his cost has gone down, but he's certainly like a. Yeah. Because
2: uh, he still does, like, his sold out, like, tours around the, the U.S. with uh, Martin yeah. Short and stuff. Oh, okay. Right. But, like, he doesn't, he doesn't do. Like cameos and stuff, which I'd imagine he'd be kind of a hot item to be in, yeah. like cameo- do cameos
0: and Dude, stuff, because he was cameos. such because he
2: was such a big name at one point. Yeah, you know?
0: he probably well, got. I think, well, I was gonna say go he probably ahead. got paid like in the six figures to do this. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, like he's semi in demand, and he's known to like the older crowd who would yeah. watch this movie
2: anyway. Well, I mean, even Kristen Stewart, her part in this was like super small. Like it was probably like yeah. a three day fucking part.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, it was tiny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was small. Uh one thing I was thinking about all these cameos while we were watching the movie and I feel like the only reason we're getting like all these like older celebrities or not old not that Vin Diesel is older, but I feel like he's it'd be really interesting to see his um movement on like the higher frame rate. You know, and I feel like that's why they they did like uh, someone as old as like Steve Martin. You know, because it was like, hey, here is like a different look at Steve Martin that you are not going to really see anywhere.
0: Well, in Byron's, we were watching Byron's version, which is the Blu Ray version, and it actually is in sixty. It definitely, it was certainly not in twenty four, and I think it was just a little too smooth for thirty. So yeah, I it think, was weird. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you, you had the 60 was... FPS version. So you're I mean, It the... makes sense if the 4K version is 60, then why wouldn't the Blu-ray version be 60? Yeah, 60 yeah. is, a, is 60. something that I see could, you know, could be on there because most TVs refresh at the 60 yeah. hertz, which we'll get into right. a little bit more. But 120, it takes a, you know, I mean, computer monitors nowadays you can get at 120 hertz or 144, but, I mean, most TVs yeah. are not going to be that way, yeah. so. Right. Which is unfortunate because, like, The way you're supposed to watch this movie is in 3D, 4K at 120 FPS. That that is the Ang Lee chosen way, um, which was extremely rare to actually see. Yeah, because it only got shown in like three theaters or whatever. I'm not gonna lie, it'd be interesting. Other
1: theaters could do like the 60. You know, like most theaters could do that. Yeah, you know, right. But the yeah, the 120. That would have been freaking awesome. I feel see.
0: like I probably would have like watched part of it and then left because I don't know if I could handle like smooth motion. Just drives me crazy. Yeah, it might have been too much. And like, like just, 60 yeah. FPS works for video games, but man, it does not work for yeah. movies like at all. Like sensory yeah. overload almost. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah just a too lot much. of a
1: lot of people felt like they were like, I have a headache while I watch mm-hmm. this, which is funny because that is what like content wise, that's what Billy Lynn is asking for the entire time. Advil,
0: you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Kind of, yeah that's, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, it's
1: like, I have a headache, and it's like, man, so do I. Fuck. <laughs> that's you know? a good
0: point, actually, yeah. yeah. So
1: so it's, like, directly tied to, like, what he's experiencing in the movie, which is interesting. Nice, yeah. Uh, it's like, the math behind that is very sound from, like, a writing totally. and, like, technical st- standpoint, you know? I totally. mean,
2: and Ang Lee, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Like, he's a smart, oh, yeah. he's... he's 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 very into technical stuff. Um I mean, you can see that with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon yeah. and um yeah. and then with Life of Pi, like he really that the cinematography and the everything of that movie is pretty nuts. I mean I guess that's why it won the. It was like all Oscar. like a green screen. <laughs> all yeah. green screen
0: and three D and crazy yeah. like CGI. Yeah. I
2: think I, I, I still think other people should have won that year. Um <laughs> for the Oscar for Best think, Cinematography uh, Forrest, Forrest Gump should have won no. that year no, no uh, they should have brought back Forrest Gump to theaters. <laughs> I don't even know what was in contention I want to say Sicario gonna, might have been I'll look it up real quick uh, uh, there was there was a couple yeah. films that year where I was like oh man I want that film to uh, get the what was, Best Cinematography Award what, what was the, the Oscar uh, is that what you said yeah
1: Sicario that was Roger Deakins for right, Cinematography right yeah. but what was the um, one with Jake Gyllenhaal I'm pretty sure that came out that year uh, Nightcrawler.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't that know one that didn't was... have great. I mean, it was like pretty standard cinematography, I think, across the board. Right. I thought the story of it was good. I mean, Yeah, that the be, acting but... and the story.
2: I mean, the cinematography was good, but it didn't like it wasn't like a standout, like Sicario. Right, right. Well, how Roger Deacons is just a huge standout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Deakins, just like man. period. Whenever he's he on a project, dude, like, I
1: better need fucking to go win.
2: see it. He better win this year for Blade Runner, man.
1: Dude, he's not going to win for
2: Blade Runner. He better. He's, dude, been nomi- he's, not- he's been nominated like 12 times and he's never dude, fucking won. Well, I know. Are you sure this was up but for an Oscar? But he's not done, yeah, it won Yeah, it won the Oscar for... Or maybe he won for Best Director. God damn it. Did I get... I'm pretty
1: because sure... I'm pretty sure. cinematography... Lube- wasn't it Lubeski, right?
0: Yeah, cinematography is Carol, Hateful Eight, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Revenant, Sicario, oh. and that's it. But who, who won? Uh, Lubetsky. I think it was Lubetzky. I think it was the Revenant. For, uh, uh, yeah, oh, for, for the Revenant.
2: Revenant. That's right. Yeah. So it was Best Director then. My bad. I was thinking Best Director, not Best. Yeah, it was entire, Best Director. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember Ang Lee getting up on
1: stage
0: now.
2: Yeah. I, I I I thought Denis Villeneuve should have been nominated for that one. For yeah, Sicario,
0: right there, Lubesky wins for yeah. dude. The, you can't beat the Revenant though. Dude, the Revenant was so good. Every movie that was in Natural that list was good. Shit. Like, the, like Hateful late. Like, you, yeah. like Richardson is a master, but you can't beat the Revenant, no, yeah. dude. The Revenant. That's you know, all just, right.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let's take that pancake you guys are both squirting on and throw it <laughs> in
2: the trash. You don't like the Revenant? <laughs> no, I think the Revenant's fine. Dude, six the out of five, man. The cinematography, though, natural lighting and fucking like that movie is incredible. The, 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 that the movie is incredible. Just the, where they filmed it, you know, in Canada and South America yeah. and the the conditions
0: and like oh, that's a that's God. one of like the rare six out of five movies. That, like that one is just. I watched it. We got it on Blu-ray like right I mean, away. It was so good.
1: I mean, the cinematography is really good and all the practical effects and stuff, but it just like it it nothing really changes in the movie. Like, it's just kind of the same... You're doing double tri- time. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the whole tripping, point. I'm not tripping, dude. Yeah, that's the whole point. And, <laughs> you know, that's just maybe not for me. But I still liked it. I still thought it was a good movie. Tripping. I'm just not... What about I'm that? I'm just not going to pull a pancake... I'm not going to make a pancake and start jerking that? off on the pancake. <laughs> you don't like maple like, syrup? What the hell? I don't... Well, I do <laughs> like maple syrup. <laughs>
0: Just the American stuff. <laughs> so, um,
1: yeah. So oh, it's funny because I was just thinking about like
0: and... I really want to actually talk about that movie on the podcast. Like, really, yeah, soon. yeah, we should do that. Uh, just... We should do like a movie so good. We dude. can do a, a uh,
2: Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu uh, masterclass because he doesn't have a whole bunch of films. He does, or he or, or Lubetsky. We could do a cinematographer. Ooh, that would be cool.
0: We we yeah. touch on a lot. We touch on Malick. We touch on. In your ritual, obviously yeah. we touch on the uh, did Coen Brother film didn't he he did Gravity so he's worked with yeah. um, uh, Alfonso Cuaron Al- yeah it's, it's Alfonso Cuaron
1: Alfonso
0: yeah dude <laughs> yeah I think yeah. I think it, we could do a, I mean he would be a good one to kick it off with because he's got a really oh, interesting yeah. take on cinematography and the with only with his, uh, uh, cinematographer is.
2: to win I think three Oscars and in a row <laughs> right and he's <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis of cinematographers
1: <laughs> yeah dude
0: uh, What's it called? Billy Lynn is not even on this for for directors directing. What the hell did it win in? For what? Billy. Oh, you w- mean Life of Billy. Pi Lin. For the Oscars. You mean Life of Pi? Dude, Billy. Billy won. Or oh, Life of Pi. Sorry. Oh, okay. Life of Pi. Why am I looking at Billy Lynn? No, I'm I don't so think. Drunk. <laughs> Life <laughs> of Pi isn't on here either. Really? The directing was The Big Short, Fury Road, Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. No, the year prior to that, or two or two years prior. So, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Why would it be 2015? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Because it, it was not in the same year as Mad Max: Fury Road. In fact, yeah, I think yeah. it, it was 2012. It was when Life Life of Pi came out. Oh so. what am
0: i Oh my god, dude. Just, we're recording so late I'm so tired like i like I looked at 2016 Oscars of course this, yeah. Winner, winner best,
2: director, uh,
0: Christ, the, yeah, winner best director Jesus Christ yeah winner best director Ang Lee Doy I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look up stuff anymore because apparently I can't do it <laughs> um alright so Jacob alright so I'll just start talking yeah kick oh, us off
2: it won four Oscars <laughs> Life of Pi oh shit it won wow. best achievement in directing best achievement in cinematography see I was right
0: okay Okay,
2: Claudio Miranda. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. Um, and wait, I thought it was Lubeski. No, no, we're talking Life about different Pi. years. Oh, yeah. So, L- Life of Pi won Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Picture Original Score, uh-huh. Best Achievement in Visual Effects, and it was nominated for Best Picture and like a whole bunch more. Huh. wait. So, who was the cinematographer? I thought it was Lubeski. Uh, Cl- Claudio Miranda. He did like uh-huh. he's done like Oblivion and stuff. Oh, okay. He, he's, a like good, a good he's a good filmmaker. He's, he, his hair is just like uh, Robert Richardson and Roger Deakins, like the super white oh. like, hair. It's yeah.
1: so weird that that's like a thing for cinematographers to
2: have, or for like the master cinematographers <laughs> to <that> have like <laughs> no. bleach white hair. Yeah. And then like I want to say he has like salt and pepper hair, so he, he's, he's turning white. He does white. have salt and pepper <laughs> hair, yeah. He's getting, he'll bleach it one day. Yeah. He'll fit right in. Well, he's quite a bit younger than
1: those guys too, so. Yeah, that's a good point. Um okay so should should I just start with this frame rate thing?
0: Yeah, so Do Jake it. is going to kind of go over the history here a little bit. We'll talk about kind of, I mean, maybe you should kick off like what frame rates are just to yeah. you know, get it. And then I was going to ask also, you know, like why would like why would someone want to shoot in higher frame rates? Kind of like what Billy Lynn yeah. did. And then, uh, yeah. and then I kind of wanted to talk about the relationship between frame rate and shutter speed and like shutter angle. Yeah, um, that's good. But uh, yeah, kick it off with kind of like what frame rates are and then kind of the history of it. Okay, cool.
1: And if you guys uh, have any questions uh, or thoughts, just chime in whenever. Um, So, as you guys all know, listeners and everybody here, uh, the whole idea of motion pictures is that it's a picture that is in motion, but it's actually not in motion at all. It is merely a series of images that creates an optical illusion in our brains Um, And it essentially tricks our brains into thinking that it it is movement, and that is known as the phi phenomenon. Hooray. The
0: phi or V? Uh, I thought it was phi. Is it V? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm just asking for clarification. Phi. That's what it (laughs) is.
1: How do you spell it? P-H-I. Oh, so it's probably phi or phi. Yeah, Yeah, phi or phi. Phi or or phi. It could be phi. Okay. Phi phenomenon. Anyways, um... So the 5 the 5FV five phenomenon <laughs> uh says that in order for you to perceive a series of images as motion it needs to be between 10 to 12 images per second. So that was kind of our first like like if you google like first video you'll see like a horse and it's like running that's in like 10 to 12 uh images per second. Mhm. Um now, the issue that kind of happened when you started projecting these images at 12 per second is because is um, you, you have to think about how projectors work. So you bring one frame up, right, and show it, and then in order to transition to the next frame, you need to block the light during that tr- transition. Otherwise, it's just going to be a blurry mess. Um, so in order to reduce the like that weird flicker that would happen um, they decided to create like multiple um, gosh what were they called like bladed like double bladed like things so you could like see the light at like oh my gosh I'm totally not explaining this. You're
0: talking about the shutter I'm
1: talking about the shutter Yeah, because at at 12 frames per second you see the flicker Um, but at 46 frames per second there's this thing called persistence of vision and that basically there is no
0: flicker so so persistence of vision is basically like when you're like is is what happens when you when your brain creates the moving image because like as something moves across your vision there is a moment where it's like there right like you can yeah like it's it's Almost like stopped in time But you, it goes so fast that you don't realize it So like when a frame jumps from a frame to another frame It moves It's moving so fast that the idea of the first frame Is still in your eye When the next frame comes up So you're always like It's yeah, a constant that, persistent vision That's
1: that's going to be more the fee phenomenon Persistence of vision is more um, If If you're seeing A, a video At what point do you see the flickering. So if you're projecting something at twelve frames per second, for half of a for like a whole frame transition, you're you're gonna need black to transition to the next frame. So the persistence of vision says if you're projecting things at forty six frames per second, you're not gonna your brain is not gonna perceive the flickering black back and forth. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Oh
1: okay. So, the reason we created double-bladed or uh, triple-bladed shutters is because if you shoot something at 24 frames per second with a double-bladed shutter, that's going to show each frame twice, which means that it's being shown at 48 frames per second, which is above the persistence of vision that you need in order to uh, perceive the film without that flicker. Right. Um, Now, the triple-bladed shutter is going to do that same thing for 16 frames per second because if you multiply it by three so you show it three times one two three it'll equal to 48 which is also higher than 46 which abides by the persistence of vision and the whole reason why it's not like way higher uh than 46 is because in hollywood you're trying to find or really any filmmaking you're trying to find the cheapest way to make something right because it's really expensive um So that's kind of where it sort of started. And in the early days, um, filmmaking, it was all like hand-cranked, you know? So you could over-crank things. You could under-crank things for a stylistic effect. Um, So say you wanted something in slow motion, you could over-crank it, you know, go really fast. That way it's picking up more frames per second. Um, And uh, then when you play it back, it's like a little bit slower. Uh, You could also under-crank, which would speed it up because you're you know, grabbing less frame, less frames per second.
2: Was the average hand cranked um, frame rate, is that about 16 frames per second? Um, It's 16 to 24
1: was kind of the rough area, Um, but it also, it dipped as low as 14. Okay. Um, And really it's not exact and a lot of film historians are, like negotiating as far as like what is what a specific films were because you were able to hand, to hand crank it like there's no exact like uh, you know, yeah, because like
2: some dude, uh, it's gonna vary depending on the the cinematographer's how he's like cranking. Like, yeah, like one yeah. guy could or be a lot stronger. Like, distract- <laughs> yeah, or
1: if they're like distracted, like because they're like literally hand cranking. If they slow down for any reason, right. that's gonna dip the the frame per second. Yeah, you know? um, so it's five
0: pronounced phi by oh, the way oh it is pronounced yeah. phi thank you Sweet. phi
1: phenomena phi Phenomenal.
0: yeah um, and actually that's what they were talking about too is that uh cinematographers and camera operators would crank at different speeds for different effects while shooting scenes so yeah cause you can
1: yeah cuz you can and it, you know it's a it's a tool so why not do it yeah um so before sound was involved that was kind of the thing that people did and uh, in fact a lot of theaters they would you could decide how quickly your projector could play a film mm-hmm. so they would f- freaking crank that shit up just so they could fit a bunch of different movies in so a movie that w- <laughs> was supposed to be like you know 80 minutes was actually like 60 minutes because they sped it up so they could charge more t- uh, you know higher, like more uh, they could fit another movie in the day and make more money Yeah, right. exactly uh, cause why the hell not? <laughs> um, <laughs> Hollywood in <and> their money. <laughs> yeah. Money, money. It's all about money. Everything's about money. Um, so when sound came along, that created the standardization of frame rates. Um, and what they learned was the 16 frames per second didn't give sound like the audio, like enough fidelity to actually like be in the, like to, you know, to have like nice sound in it. Um, but 24 still had good enough sound for it, um, so they decided to just do 24. And since that works with the double-bladed rudders that they already had, and is and allows for the is higher than the 46 fps for the persistent of vision. They just decided, hey, it's going to be 24. We're already set up for 24. So if you have a sound film, 24 is the way to go. And then they created this, that standard. And that number is still with us today,
0: 24. It's um, actually like 23 point some shit, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's they, digital. When it gets into digital, you start talking about like 23.597 oh, okay. or whatever. Yeah, like. It's
1: actually it's actually color that changes Yeah, there. exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so... So twenty four becomes the standard for motion pictures because of sound, um, and then TVs become invented, right? And this is where we get into the how TV is different with its frame rate. Frame rate, um, since TVs they can't have the like they can't flash multiple images at a time. They had to create a new way to essentially flash air quotes flash um, images at the same time, and they created interlacing. Which is taking the same frame and creating two fields with it. So you have an upper field and a lower field. And it's essentially, if you ever see Venetian blinds, like just a bunch of lines going down, that would be one field. And then skip to the empty space. That would be the second field. So they would split the frame in, like, rows like that um, and uh, essentially, like, alternate them. Yeah. Right? So that would kind of create the double effect um, or like the like like it was a shutter, um, so it's still tricking you in the in a similar sort of way, but just in a you know very different yeah. sort of technology. Um, now, the reason TV is at thirty frames per second and not twenty four is because American electricity is at sixty hertz, so um, that is like the type of electricity that or the amount of electricity that we get in our sockets um and when that number doesn't match the frame rate there's like this weird like jiggly movement if you ever look at old television you can you can kind of see this weird like wiggly line going down the side of it that's Mm -hmm. because the amount of hertz that is supposed to go to the tv isn't actually going to the tv um because it's not perfect (laughs) essentially um so, uh, uh, let's see. the. So, they decided this is going to be 30 frames per second because they would show each field one time. So, upper field once, lower field once. So, that would be their duplication. So, it would be 60 frames per second, one with each field, which is a total of 30 frames per second because, you know, you're splitting the same frame. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. It's just a way to get more information and to get, like, the proper, like, like you said, because you can't, at TV, you can't send one image after the other necessarily, so you have to, like, show part of one, and your brain, like, it moves yeah. so fast that you can't even tell You difference. can't even tell. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. But that's why when yeah. you're, like, recording a TV or recording, like, a... a CRT was it CRT like monitor? One of the old like box monitors. That's why those flicker when you're watching them on like film or whatever because they're not lining up properly. So you're gonna the the camera can capture the flickering and stuff. Like you can you can see in like all those old movies. I mean even
2: movies in the '90s. Like the what what you're seeing on the TV that the characters are watching. You don't. It's all kind of like choppy or whatever it's kind of a cool effect but now because of green screen with the digital stuff and everything too most of the time they just put that in and post and you don't even you know
1: it doesn't have that same like (laughs) flicker to it yeah yeah Yeah. Um, yeah. so color changed everything after all of this so in America it was 30 frames per second and everywhere, everywhere else it was just 30 because of that uh, color televisions were created And they tried selling them But people kept buying black and white televisions So they were like Okay we wanted to create this entire new like Thing for color TVs But now we can't Because everyone has black and white TVs But we still want to sell color TVs So we have to Sort of uh, Combine Color We have to Create content that will work for both Right So we ha- we, they have to match Um and uh, so they did that. And because of that, uh, sound, for some reason, the or they, they split it into two fields. So they, they created a luminance field and a chroma field, which essentially takes the black and white and s- takes the color. And there's a black and white picture and then a color version of that. And when combined, it creates the full color thing. But the black and white TVs can just take the one side of it in order to... Produce their black and white, but for some reason the color interfered with the sound, um, and there's a whole lot of technological reasons for that that I don't understand. So, um, <laughs> I, I seriously don't. I don't. I just don't get it. It you gets probably
0: really have to be technical there. with that stuff really fast.
1: It, yeah, I don't understand why color would inter- interfere with sound at all. But I maybe it has to do with the Hertz. Or something I don't know, um, but anyways, the frame rate had to be adjusted to make up for uh, to m- make up for the sound that would, or to make up for the fact that they were adding color, which is why it got adjusted to twenty nine point nine seven. So it needed it it, it got reduced by point one percent in order to get the sound and the color in there. Shit. <laughs> um, so the twenty three point nine seven six comes from television like that is the reason why why that's there um yeah so europe then decided that they're going to create their own thing uh so they created pal uh which is basically it's 25 frames per second and they had 50 hertz or they have 50 hertz of electricity over there so that's what worked for that and uh because it is a lower frame rate the color and sound uh don't interfere with each other yeah, so that is where <laughs> that's where we're at. We have twenty four for movies, which has been around forever, and we have thirty for American television and twenty five for European television, and that's uh, that's pretty much it. You can you can go between the two uh, using those different fields that I was talking about. So if you're converting from uh, twenty four to thirty, you could do a three two pull down. Which is essentially you take three fields from the first frame, two fields from the second frame, three fields from the third frame, two fields from the fourth way, and so on and so on. Basically, three, two, three, two, three, two, and uh, you you know that's why if if you ever do that you see some judders in the in the uh, in the frames. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that's yeah.
0: Uh, that's that's the long history of frame rates. So hooray! So what? like what effect let's talk about what effect frame rates have on the image itself so from an artistic standpoint uh well just i mean the literal like effect it has on an, like when you're capturing an image like there's an effect that happens when you're capturing an image so 24 um well, the reason why 24 is kind of the standard like no, that's not true. It's not the reason why it's the standard. But basically, 24 allows for motion blur to be to happen because, especially on digital cameras, there's this thing called shutter angle and, like, shutter speed. Like, shutter angle, and then you have shutter speed. Um, and basically, what the shutter angle is like referring to... Uh, in digital, it's not really literally like a shutter angle. In film cameras, it is an actual shutter that spins. It's like a half circle that spins or whatever, and then that's what blocks out your... Your light, right? Uh, like Jacob was saying. And at different angles, it'll allow more or less light in per frame. Um, 180 degrees means that the shutter is perfectly off of the frame at 180 degrees off of the frame every time. And to simulate the to to recreate this in video, like with DSLRs, you select the DSLR to capture 24 frames a second and set the shutter speed at double the frame rate that you have. So at 24, your shutter speed would be 1 over 50. Uh, At 30, it'd be 1 over 60. You know, at 124, or at 120, it'd be at 240 etc etc down the line right um and that gives you the perceived like motion that you would get from a a 24 frame frames per second film camera uh this motion blur is what adds to the sort of like cinematic look that you get because like one thing that happened when video cameras started to come out was that people needed to re wanted to recreate the cinema look and that is one step in creating that look is developing that Um, as you get higher frame rates you get less motion blur so the higher the frame rate the more things are in focus at one time uh, in the frame, so like and then that 's when it gets really and then you if you go like really extreme into like you know one hundred and twenty thousand frames per second that 's when you can do like super slow motion yeah. you know they 'll do like the the ultra slow motion where they 'll like you know burst a balloon or, or like shoot yeah. a, shoot a watermelon and it explodes <laughs> oh, right yes. um, but generally, high frame rates are used for uh, slow motion so you can slow it down later because with 24 you're literally only capturing 24 frames so if you were to half that speed now you're looking at it at tw- essentially 12 frames a second right? And it would be all choppy It would be super yeah. choppy because you'd be yeah. seeing you'd be seeing motion but it wouldn't be capturing every like little atom of motion essentially it, right? It would jump from each capture because it's only going to capture at the rate that you're that you're like your shutter speed is that, which yeah. which sounds like, okay, well, what if you just do 24 at, like, you know, 1 over 500 shutter speed? Well, that causes, like, this glitch, like, uh, this jittery, j- like, jutter mm. look to motion because it's not lining up like it should, it's, it's funny
2: because there's, like, almost, like, three different types of slow motion. There's that super smooth and crystalline, like, clear s- slow motion where as you're watching it, you're seeing every single movement without any sort of um choppiness at mm-hmm. all. It's just so smooth. Right. And then there's a the like, like dread. Like dread or yeah, exactly. uh, Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's and it's yeah. and that's becoming more and more popular due to like the digital stuff and what we can do and post production and and just yeah. the technology we can just get that super smooth, super slow motion look. Right. But then like because nowadays you can create like a digital frame yeah like that'll combine the two frames and create From like before a, and a frame and inside and of yeah. yeah which is just yeah. crazy but like so there's that and then there's the one that's kind of like you kind of see in um you see it in pulp fiction actually where it's it's not necessarily because they filmed it in a certain frame rate, but they slow it down so it's a little choppy. And you actually see that quite a bit in, like...
0: Yeah, movies for artistic from like, thing. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it's like... You see it from, like, the 70s and 80s and 90s a lot, uh, even in 2000s. Yeah. Like, that kind of, like, choppy slow motion. There's even a little bit of it in Django Unchained when Carry um, yeah. Washington is, like, getting lifted out of the... Yeah, exactly. The, like, it's, it's a little... Just a little off. But then there's that other slow motion where, like you were saying the 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 shutter speed is off so you get this blur yeah like this yeah. weird like trailing of yeah. the image almost with the yeah. choppiness together and you don't see that one as often cuz it's super stylistic um but you get to see some of that. I think in like I think Minority Report, if I remember right, has a little bit of it. Um, there's just some films that do that. So it's kind of well, interesting how that all three of those things, like you said, shutter absolutely. angle, shutter and speed, and
0: there's the Saving Private Ryan version too, right? where right. the filmmakers mm-hmm. really they went in and uh, modified the, the shutters in the camera to be like off just enough, like they were they were shutters, like they I. I it's a little above my head with this, specifically what they did because Janice Kaminsky is just a, a god at cinematographer. Um, <laughs> but they essentially made it so that the shutter was like at different angles and like the way it captured light created these weird streaks. God, it's but it so also beautiful. allowed you to capture images more clear. Like you still get like a, a clear image instead of because yeah. if you leave the shutter open, it's like it's like if you go to take just a basic picture. You know and you need to you need to have the shutter open enough to let enough light in to be able to properly expose the image well if you were to leave the shutter open for a super long time and then move your camera when you look at your image again it's going to be a blur because it just that you're moving the camera yeah right? yeah like if you ever see those
1: like videos or not videos so it's like uh, photographs of people like with sparklers yeah. and they like write their name yeah. and the, that's like using that same Super exact thing exposure, yeah. like you hold your you click your phot- photography button and The camera is
0: like constantly letting in the light, and you just write your name out. That's like those like the popular photos where they'll take it over like a freeway, and it'll just be streaks of lines from the lights of the cars because they they just open the shutter and let it go, and like super, you know, some you can if you do it for long enough, you can actually get your night shot to look like daylight because you're letting in so much light. You can do really Um, cool.
2: Like almost like painting with light sticks totally. and stuff yeah. with the long exposure, and I mean you can just look that. You can probably hashtag that on Instagram, and you probably get <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> you <laughs> could probably no, get actually. a whole bunch of like cool yeah, looking totally. photos. Yeah. You know, totally. um, yeah,
1: like uh, long exposure. Like sp- Yeah, like star, like star, like star shots are with long. Yeah, exactly. Astral photography. Yeah, like like when any photo you see of like the night sky with all the stars, that's because you have to because like
0: there's 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 light that you can't see with your eye sometimes because of light pollution, but just because like our eyes are only so sensitive, right? But the camera can capture more because it can just let it be open like for longer um but basically what i was saying was that with saving private ryan it helped with the d-day scene because it's i think it's mainly in just the d-day scene that they do that is that it creates this weird like blurry streaky look to what's going on because everything is so surreal the battle is so intense right um but that's one of the the tricks they use to kind of do that scene so if you go back and watch it you probably will notice it now like yeah we should do
2: um ironically both films have you know billy lynn and this one or saving private ryan both have uh vin diesel in it but uh yeah because yeah. saving <laughs> private ryan was his first film yeah which is yeah, funny. so funny but we, he we, dies we, in both too we need to do uh um, <laughs> yeah that's true we need to do um when we do like a, a a shutter speed episode we should do saving private ryan i think that'd be kind of yeah
0: kinda we need like, to yeah, like, yeah, do more more, um, more 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 yeah. more war movies
2: and like I, that that battle sequence at the end, when they're kind of held out in the um, in that town, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like, you know, throwing the C four and stuff at the tanks and everything. That you, like like you said, there's like that, that streaking and that blurriness, but yet there's that focalized, clear, yeah, section yeah, of what yeah. we're seeing that you get that is just super unique. Um, It'd be kind of fun to to try and get into the specifics on that when we talk about frame rate or uh, uh, shutter speed and kind of see how how he did that because
0: yeah yeah that'd be fascinating yeah so um you know and these things can be altered for artistic effects I mean I know there's I've seen scenes where like they use uh you know they'll shoot at like. 24 or 30 but then they'll jack their shutter speed up to like 160 or like 320 for the effect for that jittery effect because like in like a more like tense scene or something yeah. or if someone's like really flailing around and they're 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 anxious or you know they're really yeah. excited or whatever that that will help add to the effect of like you in seeing 28 it. days later and stuff yeah where exactly. They yeah. And so you also have to think, too, that like these frame rates, this existence of higher frame rates only really could exist because of video and digital. Because like in film, you have a finite amount of film and you can only run film so fast to a camera before you like rip it apart, essentially, because film (laughs) is a physical object. Right. And your your role only has so much film in it before you have to reload. So you can't just do like one hundred and twenty eight thousand frames a second with film because you just can't physically get filmed fast enough through a camera right right? whereas like a digital camera just functions digital is different so like you know the 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 question of higher frame rates is actually super like you know it's fairly modern when you think about it like you know tv existed but like digital cameras as we know it today don't didn't exist back in like 2005 you know like that was when it sort of started to like really kind of even drop into like the prosumer uh world where before it was like digital cameras were so expensive that like only star wars could use it really you know what i mean like it was so rare to actually use them and then they people complained because you could they didn't look like film so like why would we want to use this because it looks like shit you know so like you spend so much time just trying to emulate the film look of it and now it's just like i mean take your canon dslr and you can shoot a a filmic if you know what you're doing you yeah. shoot a filmic movie <laughs> on uh, you know a basic DSLR uh it's, yeah. it's super super insane um uh, so yeah you basically if you're going to shoot at a higher frame rate you're usually doing it for to slow it down later Or you're doing it just for, like, an artistic effect. In the case of Billy Lynn, the reason why Ang Lee said he wanted to do it was because he wanted it to be, quote, more immersive, basically. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you're watching it in 24 frames, like, our eyes blur when we look at things or when things move by, yeah. but our eyes capture like a, a lot of stuff. Right. And like having the higher frame rate is supposed to kind of like emulate more of what your eye sees. So mm-hmm. being able to see every little minute thing with 120 frames, uh, you know, cause that movie was supposed to be seen in a hundred. It was actually shot at 120 frames a second. Like it's supposed to put you there the whole time. But what it really does is like, it adds like, this weird, since you see all the motion, because the thing about 24 frames is that, like, your eye is adding in, or your your brain is creating motion, like, image, like, it's creating it, right? Whereas 120 frames, your brain, like, doesn't have enough time to, like, create the right. thing it's yeah. just seeing it so it it's, adds it's this less, weird it's like, less work
1: yeah at 24 frames like you don't have to think as hard about it you're right like <laughs> <yeah>. it's like, <laughs> it's like 120 it's like oh fuck <laughs> yeah. it's and, and, oh,
0: just too much yeah. and it's like yeah. almost overly fluid in how it works it's sort of what they've been trying to do with the smooth motion bullshit on TVs where they essentially try and like combine frames so that it looks like it's in a higher frame rate yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. it's, they,
1: they reduce the motion Yeah. I fucking hate. I, fu- that I really so much. hate yeah. smooth motion a <laughs> <laughs> lot. Whenever I go over to someone's house, I always like debate just switching it. But then you to like, see if they to see if they even notice. They would
0: notice. That's the thing is because they're always uh, watching it, so then they get used to it. So if you change it, they'll I don't know notice know it's changed. I totally drives me out, out of the movie. Me the movie. Drives me at the wall, dude. I hate it so much.
1: I, at my I parents' house, I switch it every time. They always switch it back. But I, <laughs> I always switch <laughs> it. Like, sorry, while I'm here, <laughs> <just> like <laughs>
2: I yeah, sorry. Like I don't
1: know how you guys watch. I hate it.
2: I really hate it bothers me too when you go to like a electronic shop like best buy or whatever and like some of them have it on there and some of it aren't and then you're looking at the prices and you're like these fuckers yeah right like they're
1: totally there's, manipulating there's more than that though dude it's like they they have they put all the filters on but then the brightness yeah yeah they pop something the brightness, as simple yeah. as brightness yeah it's just like they freaking crank that shit up and then they lower it for the cheaper televisions yep yeah it's all it's very it's and very they change the color they'll change they like add some pinks yep. in there like oh look how clear this one yeah. is yep. oh this one's a little pink and it's, it's
2: just running like finding the emote you know, part two or whatever, like over and over again. So it's like specifically designed to show what it could look <laughs> like you know. for th- did <laughs> you just call it Finding Nemo part two? <laughs> so it's not even close. You
1: think Tarantino did the second part? Finding Dory, right? Chapter two. It was Finding Dory, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's Finding Dory. Yeah, no, it's very manipulative and that's why you can go in and see like when you walk into any electronic shop and there's like a wall of TVs, right? Like you can see a variety, like they change sometimes I mean the people who work there don't give a shit one way or another, but the no, T the, the, yeah. the people who are selling the TVs, you know, they'll they'll calibrate it a certain way so that it has a certain look and when they yeah. do the side by sides for TVs, you know, one is one is designed and and the settings are changed so that it, it pops more, really, you well, know? I've seen Which it, is yeah. not the way you're actually, like, you're actually supposed to calibrate your TV, and it will not look like what they're trying to sell you.
2: Yeah, like, I, it's weird, because, like, I've even seen where, like, the cheaper LG TVs, they've, like, completely fucked with them, so they look, quote like, air quotes, better than, like, the Samsung or the yeah. other ones, because... They're on sale, and they have like seventy of them in the back. And yeah, they just don't need right. to get rid of them. Yeah, so they're it. like, "Oh, this is a great deal! Look at this TV. We have them. You know, you can get a forty-six inch for seven hundred dollars now. You know, and it's like everyone's gonna go get them." But really, they're like, "It's not. You're not really getting what you're seeing." Out of exactly right. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's all it's all a hoax. You know, those fuckers.
0: But this is fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, like you know that's kind of the big thing when it comes to dslr dslr filmmaking and and digital filmmaking is understanding what your frame rate is understanding your shutter speed how they work understanding that relationship with iso which is its own thing which is like essentially where it lets in less light but then like the sensor will like try and Add grain to like create the image essentially. Yeah. Then, then, so there's like this this triangle that you know you get essentially with those three settings, and typically when you're shooting, you know you're shooting at twenty four twenty four uh, when one over fifty, and you're never changing those. So you're either changing your ISO. You're changing the aperture. Sorry, the aperture is the other thing that's in there, so you get kind of a... Yeah. It's yeah. not the frame rate. Sorry. It's aperture, shutter speed, and um, ISO. That's what I meant as the triangle. I was, I was like, yeah.
1: the triangle. Sorry. And I was like, yeah. I don't think frame rate's on no, the... No, I was not, like trying to <laughs> do... That. Was, but yeah, But it's that's tied right. to yeah, the, the, the aperture, shutter speed, yeah. so
0: typically you, you can't change the shutter speed when you're shooting, because typically you want it all to be the same, unless... You're way aware of a what you're doing, for it, right? Yeah, Is it? it's kind of like the rule of thumb. Yeah, but then when you want to do
1: something a little bit different, more artistic, you know, maybe you're shooting a zombie movie and you want the zombies to look jittery, you
0: know? Yeah, you yeah. yeah. Bring that
1: shutter speed to like one over three twenty or
0: something. But then you got to know what you're doing, and like if you're going to change your frame rate, like you got to know on the back end when you're editing, like how do you mix frame rates, like in timelines and stuff and how do you like you know export it correctly so that you get the correct frame rates when you need it right because like when it comes to editing like nonlinear editing in the programs like you'll you know you it's it's really specific on on your your everything you do to create a timeline to make sure you get the Mm -hmm. best image on the back end um, which is yeah its own like thing
1: to learn about when you export a movie which is like in video editing, you put all your files in the same program, and it creates preview files for you, and you can create your entire movie, and then you export, which creates a giant file, which is your entire movie. Yep. Um, that giant file has to be one frame rate. Yep. So, if you're pulling things that have 50, and 24, and 30, and 60 frames per second, you have to pick one, you know, which is what makes documentary films so fascinating is because they're pulling from all these different types of footage. Um, some are are 30, so some of them have that kind of weird jitter to them. Um, some are really high frame rate. You see, you know, there's the Salmonier film uh, that has the high frame rate, you know, bottle pouring shots mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, you have to pick one, and normally it's going to be twenty-four. Uh, and this is kind of the case with Mad Max. Mad Max would have been a great movie to watch for for frame rates um, because of its post process. Uh, they in post production sp- decided to speed down and and I'm sorry, speed up and slow down shots uh, based on that basically the information that you get as you're watching the movie, so like if if they if they thought, oh the actor or not that this is the actor's fault, but like hey we wanna pick we wanna speed this up because it like I feel like it takes too long, they would just speed it up. They would just say, fuck it, we're just going to speed it up. And they did that throughout the entire film. You so. can see that, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but technically the movie goes from, like, 16 frames per second to 30 to 18, and then it's all exported as 24 with all the jitters and everything, because they were just like, fuck it. So it's very old-fashioned <laughs> yeah. in how old films were over and undercranked, you know, between, like, 14 and 16 frames per second. Because some of the, like, the scene where tom hardy is running away in the very beginning of the movie that thing is just like 12 frames a second yeah and you can really jittery. tell because it is jittery yeah,
0: you know totally it's really interesting it's,
2: yeah. it works so well it's yeah. just cool uh the
0: yeah, other it's thing that very stylized the other thing that frame rates help with is is what's called speed ramping which is sort of oh. sort of what jacob's talking about um but it's more like what 300 does where they'll like they'll do a, a speed up you know, as he's as he's swinging his spear around, and then they'll slow it down a bunch as he stabs it into someone, and then yeah. they'll speed it up as yeah. he swings it out around, and and then brings it down. You know, so like they'll 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 ramp it up and ramp it down and change it, um, which is you know, so they probably what essentially what they did is they shot it one high frame yeah. rate essentially, and then was able to kind of mess with it. But there are ways around. Varying frame rates within your movie um, It's You can't do it really on like One timeline You have to like have a bunch of different timelines And there's ways to bring it together But it gets really complex And that's why you know There are freaking legions of editors Who exist as editors Because yeah. it's a, such a crazy <laughs> skill to know Because not only do you have to know The rules of editing itself Like the filmmaking rules like Because I mean there's rules to editing, but realistically, you don't have to follow any rule. You can do whatever you want. Right. Um, there are rules, but rules are meant to be broken. Right. There, there are guidelines that exist because yeah. they work, um, but there's there's those guidelines for editing just to, you know, like, for example, one guideline is, this is sort of an older one that doesn't really apply much anymore, but typically what you would see in films um, with classical editing is, like, if there's a moving shot, that shot would never cut into a shot that's still. It would... It would the shot would continue to move, like pan over, stop, cut to a a, a still shot. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist as much nowadays because people just stopped caring about it. Um, but there's also the rule of like um, – uh, what movie is it? The Clint Eastwood um, – uh, fistful of dollars and, and westerns like a lot it 's then again in the classical editing sense what you 'll see in in scenes um, especially towards like the climax is they will have wide shots and then they 'll cut in as the scene gets more closer and closer to the climax to the point mm-hmm. where it's just close-ups of someone, of of the two guys right. staring at each other, and then it's the the gun sh- gunshot or whatever, someone dies, and the scene's over. Yeah, um, right.
1: It's it's like a it's like a suspense thing. It is. It's like a, a
0: technique for building suspense. exactly because the closer you get into someone, the more intense it, the, the 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 shot will be. So they'll start wide. And cut it, and cut in, cut in, cut in until it's super close, and then they'll cut wide again, and that showed that yeah. signifies the end of the scene. Um, so there's those rules that exist like that, right? Um, but as a new, newer, like new age editor, people working in Adobe and working on computers, not only do you have to know that, but you have to know how to ingest footage. You have to know how to organize <laughs> that footage. You have to know how the timelines work. You have to know how all these frame rates are going to work together. You have to know like. You know how to place sound in your timeline. How to match mm-hmm. match all those things. You got to know like digital coloring. How the colorist is going to be able to work with it. You got to know how that, the post processing is going to work. you don't need work. to know as an editor.
1: <laughs> well, okay, because Dep- uh, they they depending on where you're at. If you're like a jack of all trades type, then and there's no money in the budget, then they're going to require you to do it, or it just won't get done. But essentially, what I'm but saying is the, the more you know about sense. A colorist would do
0: all that I'm, work. So, no what I'm color. saying is your, your timeline that you has to be prepared for these different things. So you have to know like oh, yeah. how the yeah. after effects artist is going to be able to work with your timeline so you can you yeah. know what I mean to set it up to yeah, hand it off you're to right. them. And not only yeah. like that, but you have to know computer hardware, technology. You have to know where your bottlenecks are on your computer Is your computer going to be able to handle 4K. Like, you know, there's lots Fuck. of like, you know, there, how do you put like <laughs> what are the parts that are used that your editing processor or editing program uses what processors does it use in the computer, you know, is it GPU, CPU, whatever. So like, you know, not to say that film editing was simpler because it's not, it's different, right? Like there's still like those, the machines for film editing and, and to, to do it. Uh, quickly, um, but this day and age of editing is like you have to know so so you have much. To be a jack of like, all you know, trades, yeah, because <laughs> a red camera is you have to be like an IT guy. You yeah, do, you, know? you do. You yeah. you're more of a technician as an editor now than ever before. Because like a red is going to be different than an Ari, it's going to be different than a Canon. It's going to be different than anything. Yeah, and those are all options like in your I'm program. Sony. Yeah, Samsung. yeah, black like, they,
1: Yeah, <laughs> you you need like different programs to even well you used to nowadays pr- uh adobe's been pretty good about like adobe's killing when it. you're when you're ingesting that footage to just have it be able to play pre- uh play in premiere right away um but before you would have to like transcode the red footage or you'd have to download a special um program that like pl- uh, or a plug-in to premiere yep. to essentially to like play the red footage because yep, right. you know, it's it's own like proprietary type so you know if you open a video file and it's a dot mp4 or dot mov or something uh red is dot r3d yep. um so if you're That's not going to play on,
0: like, QuickTime or anything. (laughs) So So, uh, so you have to play on
1: VLC, though, because VLC, they know what they're doing. Um, You have to
0: know all those file types, essentially, like, limitations and how they work. You have to know how you're going to edit or, or, sorry, export. So what file type are you even going to export as? Because it's likely going to be different than what you started with. You know, like, knowing what the client wants or whatever. Like, you know, Jacob could go on and on about, like, how to export and how to work with the client with like on that side of things right um, the, normally what the client wants is
1: um
0: not actually what they want
1: you right. have to figure out what they actually <laughs> right. want that's the trick right
0: <laughs> you know and then you have things like prores which can only be used on apple essentially like i mean you can kind of get i mean essentially you can only really export it on apple computers cuz it just doesn't work with windows and then you, you can you can export it on windows uh not as far as i know you can. I can I can tell you how. Okay, we'll have to talk about that. You need, thing, a, you need a separate program. Oh, it, well, but... yeah. You've got to convert, essentially, then, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, you have to export uncompressed, and then exactly. you use Handbrake. Exactly.
0: So you can't... Handbrake will do that's it. That's what I'm saying, is you can't export directly out of Premiere into ProRes unless you're on an Apple computer. Yeah. yeah. But likewise for if you want to do a
1: w- WMV file that's not compatible with uh, with Mac and a lot of... Uh, stadiums like around the country still only use i'm sorry not wmv avi um avi which is a windows exclusive like uh video file type like windows media player uh um but a lot of sports stadiums still require avi's so if you have a mac you have to figure out another way to do it right which it's stupid complicated and Every time I try to do it, I have to do it like six times because I can't remember how to do it because it's way too complicated. It's such a pain in the um, ass, yeah. But because I have a Mac that that is that is my punishment, I guess. And then
0: you have like you know, you that's have, right. Like, you deserve that punishment. <laughs> I deserve that for buying a Mac. Um, you have like DNX HD. <laughs> you know, you got you got to understand like you know, uh, what is it this is. 7 is it 720 no it's rec uh what is rec 709 versus like you know the like the different like there's so much like transcoded into video that you got to know like
2: there's a point where i start like it, it goes in one ear Out the other Because it, there's so much shit That it's just yeah. like How do I keep it all In my head <laughs> it's,
1: it's so much And the only way To like learn it Is to like jump Just in do it and like Yeah do And
0: kind it. of immerse yeah. yourself so, And then you look yeah. at Like when you open up Premiere too It's like kind of A daunting program Just to look yeah, at Yeah If you don't know What you're doing You yeah. know Because there's so many Different like windows And boxes I'm, And like options I'm, for I've been it i like, it Since like 2015 And I'm still learning
2: shit I mean Keith just showed me Some shit the other day That I was like What the fuck <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, oh, this is. Yeah. This would have saved me three hours. Yeah, like what the God, hell? Damn it! Yeah. Uh, so just try opening, uh, try opening After Effects. You know, most people Dude, just after effects, after, after effects is the they, That's the one, and they turn it off. Actually, the worst it's like is a audition. VFX program. Yeah, the worst
0: is audition. Audition is actually the worst out of all of them. Uh, it's because the shortcuts are all completely different. And then it's just, it's like, so all the buttons are... Su- and there's so many options for <laughs> There's so yeah. many options for audio. Like, it's uh
2: it's After Effects is one of those ones that I really want to get more into. Because the only thing I use After Effects for is, like, muzzle flashes and stuff like that. <laughs> muzzle flash, blood squirts. Yeah. But I, You're such a thriller filmmaker. I, right but, I, but I want to really start using After Effects for... Um, you know more color correction and stuff because I do right. all that in Premiere, and I want to get into more DaVinci and I, and stuff. But I also want to use it for you know After Effects because yeah, do well, cool you shit. know
1: a really good what I use for for color correction is uh, Lumetri, and that's, oh, Lumentary, that's yeah. yeah, It's in Premiere, um, and it works great. Like it, you can't get like super fancy with it, but it's pretty fast, and it is right there in the program. So, and I feel like it's way more involved than what <laughs> than anything we're doing well, you know what i mean you, you know can put prior on, yeah. like that's all that matters well,
0: prior to whatever premiere like 2017 or 2016 like lumetri wasn't really i mean they premiere had color options but it was so basic yeah, right and so it was so, just like curves and exactly. contrast but and now it's like cooked in which really pisses me off though because speed grade i was just getting into like using speed grade before the updates speed
1: grade is still is relevant there's, it's still important. It's it's not
0: going away because of Lumetri. I just wish they would have. They're not updating SpeedGrade anymore, as far as I know. Like, oh really? Yeah, oh maybe it maybe it is. Then. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it exists in the in the CC, like the Creative Cloud, but it, it's oh, like yeah. tw- it's like 2014 or 2015 or oh, something. Weird. Like they're just oh, not. I don't even. They're use not it. pumping. They're putting money into building it into Premiere instead of having the separate program, separate, which yeah. that which sense. is right. annoying because SpeedGrade lets you get real specific about what yeah. you want. It you makes know? sense right. on their end, though. You know what I mean. It does make sense on their yeah. end, but it's still just annoying. Yeah. So, like, what a lot of people are the, doing, yeah.
1: Like, what a lot because they're, they're after the, the prosumers. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. That's their. That's their thing.
0: They're they're after the people who will pay the sixty, uh, essentially sixty bucks a month for the subscription to it. Um, right.
1: Which is why they switched to that because right. you could either pay fifteen hundred or two thousand bucks for a program. And then you're just set for life, or 60 bucks a month, and you can do that. The biggest thing about that, though, (laughs) is that you get the updates.
0: Because, like, CS, the the creative suite, you'd have to buy the next suite. Which you get at a discounted rate, but you still have to buy the next suite to get the updates. Where Creative Cloud you just get the updates, you know, like they just updated to twenty eighteen, you know, like so you get everything that comes along with that. Um, plus in the Creative Cloud you get everything. Yeah, they have have an insane amount of programs now. Like the character animation, web design one. web design, brochure, poster design, illustrator lets you draw, Photoshop obviously. Like you know, they're they're just destroying the market right now. Encoder. Media Encoder. Yep, Media Uh, Encoder.
1: Of of all programs that I open on a daily basis,
0: I I think I open Encoder the most. Yep, Encoder is super important, especially if you're creating Mm. proxies. Encoder is how you uh, mix and match frame rates for exported projects, too. Like, you you create different timelines, and then you can kind of combine it all with Encoder. Um, Yeah, and you can do things, like, in the background.
1: Yeah. So, like, you can edit and export the same timeline at the same time. Assuming you I, freaking have the, crazy. the computer, the processing power to do that. Yes. Do you, if you have a Mac, you can do it. <laughs>
2: you, Mactastic. Did, do you guys know <laughs> what they used for uh, how they, well, like what, what uh, programs they used to edit um, for uh, Billy Lynn's long halftime walk? I do not know. That'd be interesting. I don't even know what I don't even know what camera
1: they use. Actually, I I bet it was Avid. Yeah, everybody uses. Right, right. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of like a industry standard computer, or uh, I, I guess it is technically a computer. You have to like. Buy the whole Avid set, but I think they actually
0: have a program too. I don't really know. They I have just, just a program because. Uh, do you know the, they do both? Do you know the editing behind Baby Driver, the way it was edited? Uh, I know it was edited on a MacBook Pro. Yeah, in Avid on the fly. They add, They add, They edited yeah. it on the fly. Like they would shoot, stick the fucking what they just shot in the computer and edit On the timeline, yeah, yeah. Um, see if it worked with the music exactly, and it good. um, and that was done in avid, but it was done on a Mac so like on a mac yeah. program,
1: yeah, i uh, yeah, yeah, they do have a program, I guess you're right well, do you guys do you guys know why uh we're talking about around the world as far as w- what what that movie has to do with frame rates? They shot at thirty, didn't they? they shot it. At thirty and twenty-four, with two different cameras,
2: at, at, at the, the same, same time. time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> at a little
1: at slightly different angles, though, right? So, uh, yeah, I think I think it depends on the shot, but uh, I think sometimes they shot them side by side. Yeah, yeah, you know, slightly different angles, and sometimes they would alternate them. Um, it's really hard to say what you know yeah. what they did, but I feel like it makes more sense to them side-by-side, side, like, from a time standpoint, because it's always a battle against time. Yeah. But I'm sure there were reasons why they would do one and then the other. Um, But that, both, either way, that sounds like pain in the ass to me. Um, but the reason they did all this was because Around the World was shot in Todd AO seventy millimeter format. I like how he named
2: it and after himself. I know it's <laughs> <laughs> a
1: horrible name for a company, and that's why this company is no longer with us. R.I.P. 2014. Uh, <laughs> um, but Todd AO essentially is was the IMAX of the nineteen. Uh, what is starting? 1953. Um, they had they started this 70 millimeter format really huge picture gorgeous it had six uh channels of sound and it was all in 30 fps so unlike regular film at 24 this was at 30 fps so you're getting more frames per second um because of around the world and they realized that oh we should actually probably create a 24 FPF FPF. fps fps version so filmmakers can use that to go send it out everywhere else instead of just in our theaters um they decided to come out with a 24 fps version and they did, and, uh, they did that like and, two years and, later right yeah, yeah. It, it was, i feel like it may have been during uh the production of this uh, or it's slightly after but it, two, it could could have been two years too um anyways there were only 16 films shot on this technology uh including sound of music *Patton*, and cleopatra um and it's just essentially after it became 24 it just became like a regular 70 millimeter format and their kind of gig was to compete with cinerama which required three cameras to shoot each of the screens and then they glued them all together um but you know, so they were kind of a one-stop shop, giant picture thing. But then it got replaced by, like, Panavision or something. And... um Todd Ayo. Right. probably because of the name, honestly. It's like Todd, it's a horrible it's a name. name. If you're interested uh,
0: specifically in that though, if you go back to episode three where we talked about aspect ratios, we get really deep into Cinerama, PanaVision yeah. and everything, unlike and kind of what Jacob's talking the, about. Panavision
2: kinda killed it eventually. They like they kinda went they, 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 kinda, yeah. they were the the they ones that kind of took over, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so but they became sorry, one no, more thing. Ahead. They became a uh an audio house for a really long time, and they they actually they worked on a ton of huge projects, got a whole bunch of awards, and then uh, they recently uh, closed down.
0: Oh, that's unfortunate.
1: In twenty twenty fourteen, wow, they lasted a down. long time. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they they were they worked on they worked with Tarantino. Wow. They they had a whole bunch of sound editing projects that they just freaking killed it. So they they did a good job. And but uh, now they are no longer with us. R A P
0: Tadeo twenty four <laughs> dumb name. <laughs> okay, so I got some informa- more information on editing of um. The, well, this is uh let's see. Life of Pi oh no he's talking about Billy Lynn here um, so this this editor that did Billy Lynn also did uh, Life of Pi Life of Pi was his first time working in 3D uh, typically what people will do when they cut uh, edit 3D is they will edit 2D and then watch it back in 3D um, he decided Th- he. That makes sense, right? Why the fuck would you do it the other well, way? Just hold on. <laughs> yeah. uh, he decided he didn't want to do that, and he would just cut in 3D all the time. What a um, fucking badass! So what? <laughs> what a badass! Uh, <laughs> if I were just in the room, experience, he make the words. Um, so yeah, it basically allowed you to make all the the decisions for 3D because you're watching in 3D. Um, right. I wonder, like, if that slowed his process down. Well, that's the yeah. so the thing here is yes. that. Um, he knew he didn't want to cut the film at 24. He wanted to cut at the highest frame rate he could, which turned out to be 60. So he was cutting at 60 frames, 3D. Um, he was editing in Avid. Makes sense. Uh, a- Avid. Yeah. Um, but at the time... He... A- A-vide. a <laughs> <laughs> So he was editing in Avid, um, but at the time you couldn't cut at 60 in any released version. They were just coming out uh, with the 60 frame support in beta, so they cut the whole film in beta. Um, ah. And they were the only film cutting at sixty frames in three D. Uh, so they basically were kind of like the guinea pigs discovering a whole bunch of stuff about workflow. Um, because essentially, when it's editing is like workflow, is your number one word. Like how how does your workflow work, and yeah. you know how do you get right. stuff down the pipeline? It, um, it's
1: it's that and how. Other people are in, in, interacting with the workflow. Exactly. If you have a team of editors, you need to have a form. You if if you don't, then it's all just gonna be a scrambled mess. If you're by yourself, you can get away with a scrambled mess. You know. <laughs> um, but you
0: don't want I, that when you when have. you have
1: a, a second person. It's like here's where these files go. Yeah. Here's where these go. Yeah. Here's how I
0: name everything. Yep. It's you have important. to have a standard because, cause especially with naming, like people will name shit all sorts of different stuff, like yeah. you know whatever they yeah. think is important to them.
1: You know how many times I've named a final, uh, a file, final, and then final. Underscore final, uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Final, <laughs> final, final, final. <laughs> every time, every that's time ridiculous. I think we're done, I always so like like feel like actually one, our client final two, final. Yeah, it just two, ends up being so my... weird looking too. Yeah. Like I don't know. Um, I just gave up on the word
0: final. Basically, final <laughs> is bad. <laughs>
1: final is a bad word.
0: Um, so um, <laughs> <the F> word. <laughs> So his his edit monitor was a twelve foot screen with a cinema projector. Uh, the Asshole. goal was to watch it and experience it. <laughs> um, you know as, as close to how the audience would Um, (laughs) he worked this is what's really impressive so they worked at a pretty low compression high quality image in 3D so so low compression means like a compressed image they use proxies no yeah if you if you use compression yes but they did low compression so yeah that's so they used a proxy no if it was highly compressed then it would be a proxy or it'd be no no, a low... Oh, a low compression. Low compression, high, no, high quality right. image. You're right. Low compression. Low to no compression means you're just looking... If like, if it's a 4K image, you're looking at it in 4K as you would see it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? No, I'm wrong. Yeah. You're right. Like, high compression is YouTube a low videos. file size. Yeah. You know, when you see the, yeah. like, artifacting, like the sort of, like, square, rectangular the stuff. bit, bit rate Yeah, look. that's yeah. when you know it's a highly compressed video. And essentially, it's just... Taking out all the shit it doesn't need And just leaving you with the bare bones of a video It's it's like reducing the The color
1: like it's like Taking all of the Dynamic like colors That you see all the variety of colors and like Shrinking exactly. it down yeah. into, into Very simple like Colors almost like it's taking your very Interesting image and then deciding okay This is going to be a 48 Crayon box of
0: colors yeah. sort of And what that does is If you have a full uncompressed video that's going to be a huge huge computer file like um what's it called the new the most recent girl with the dragon tattoo uh because they was it 8k they did that one in i think they did do Um, it and they they edited it full in full uncompressed and then everything ended up being like 10 terabytes in size for that film uh which is you know ten a terabyte is a thousand gigabytes, so that's you know ten thousand gigabytes um, which is insane you know your computer probably your computer probably has a most computers have like a terabyte now, which holds everything in your life yeah. you know um but so we're talking about one film uh right. so they edited in low compression high quality and in three d Um, And they had a bunch of people in the editorial room just doing all sorts of stuff no one had done before. Uh, They had a 2K, yeah, like I said, 2K projector uh, they were using. um, And then they switched that out later on. So Uh, So they were able to watch the film in its full 124K 3D while editing, which is...
1: So did they, so they had a projector... Or a TV that they could, they would put the glasses on or, or do they have the TV that if you're just angled, right, you can see it in 3D because there's those TVs too. You know, we, you, if you're just looking at it at a,
0: a dead on, then it it's still in 3D. That, I don't know. I don't know yeah. specific. If you look up the 2K Christie Cinema Projector or look up Christy Mirage, maybe that'll answer your question. The, the, um,
1: it's it's probably a glasses one. That's It makes more sense they, to have those ones. They probably edited it all at, at the fucking Skywalker Ranch and shit. Oh my god! They were probably like being fed grapes the entire time. Yeah, no, they, so, yeah, fuck from slaves, <laughs> <or> ser-
0: <laughs>
2: servants. I mean, um, <laughs> they were getting paid, I, just not very much. Like C three PO and R two D two driving around, giving them <laughs> service. Oh here. yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: they had speeders that they could go from one building to another. So according to this editor, uh, right now, at the time of writing this article, which I'll find the time later, uh, there are f- he says there are five rooms in the world that can show it in the way it was meant to be shown in its fullest format. Damn. Um, wow. So that's why it was so rare to actually see it. Um, this is talking about. Billy Lynn, Life of Pi. Or Billy Lynn, most projectors and theaters can either can do either sixty two k three D or one twenty two k two D, so they can't. It's the three D is what's causing the issue here. Um, but apparently, to him, I mean, the one twenty two D is its own little thing to really watch. Uh, yeah, you know. So, uh, but Billy Lynn, because Billy Lynn was the first film to be shot entirely in one twenty fps. Um, when apparently Avatar 2 is going to be 60 FPS huh. uh, because it'll be in 3D. Is that 100%? Yeah, I think so. Because oh. they want to do, I mean, James Cameron, so you like know they're going to do 3D.
1: I feel like that would work for for Avatar in, in the same way that 60
0: FPS really works really well for gaming. Yeah, maybe um, we'll see. I mean, I I, I didn't sports. watch The Hobbit. I haven't seen it at all, but I, I obviously didn't watch it in the 48 frames, so I don't know what that looked like. Um, Wait, you didn't watch it at all? No. How would I? <laughs> Why would you specify that you hadn't <laughs> seen it in the high frame rate first? I don't know. You're Dude, so drunk. It's not, That, that not, might be me. It's, like, super late. That might so be me. It's, it's way too late for me i dinner, and I've had a couple uh, Yeah, <laughs> I, we had some drinks before this. but Oh, um, yeah, good. But, yeah, no, I... I so I like I said I hadn't seen it regular and I hadn't seen it in the high frame rate. So I don't know what the forty eight was like. Uh, I know sixty works for games, like you said. Um, there's a pretty obvious difference between thirty and sixty. Well, um, I'll t- I'll tell you about the Hobbit and
1: uh, some of, some of the chief complaints, which which are the chief complaints of Billy Lynn too. Um, it's easy. The biggest complaint, the largest complaint, probably the most important complaint is that it's easy to tell that. A movie is being made. It, it looks like reality TV. Looks like made for TV. You can tell that people are acting. You can e- easily see the how the makeup is put on because because the suspension of disbelief is is basically thrown out the window, and that's why people go see movies in the first place. So when you throw out suspension of disbelief, which is the core of any movie, then yeah, people aren't gonna like it Yeesh. and that that is one of the big reasons why 24 is still around and probably won't go away anytime soon in my opinion um because unless we can figure out how to make wardrobe look good how to how like actors are gonna have to change their performance for a higher frame rate um i feel like if it's a higher frame rate and it's something like avatar like a video game you know like a complete cg world that would probably work yeah it would work better yeah but you know we'd have to change like
2: makeup technology because well, like, i noticed and production design like for billy lynn i mean like steve martin like i could I, his makeup and stuff i just noticed he his, you can just see it yeah, yeah like i just was like i it took me out i'm like he he's not to me he wasn't his character he was it was steve martin playing a character no yeah like i couldn't buy into it uh right so and when you're watching
1: like you're you're no like you're noticing other things like on the screen like with with 24 you're very focused on what the filmmaker wants you to look at which is really important but in the higher frame rate you're distracted by all these like tiny movements that are happening in the background yeah
0: yeah exactly um let's get into it real quick um I do want to drop some opinions on uh, both of these movies here uh, let's
1: drops drop some
0: opiniony pops we can do a couple a quick little round table here <laughs> with uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Billy Lynn was the preferred movie for everyone at this table I disagree whoa
2: that was not what I was expecting I disagree okay that's, go we'll go, around. we'll go around, we'll around.
1: alright okay all right, well, let's do Keith first. Uh, Billy
0: Lynn. <laughs> yeah, I kind of yeah, I, I made that one a little, a little obvious. But I have, we have behind-the-scenes reasons why, why I uh, Actually, I, I was going to say that
2: I, I thought that you were... You gave yourself away because I thought that you were going to like Around the World and Days better.
0: I liked Billy Lynn better. I, I found Billy Lynn to be watchable. I, okay. I wasn't okay. like what I liked about Billy Lynn was the filmmaking of Billy Lynn. Right. Not I thought the acting was god awful and the writing was so cheesy. But like the 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 way it was shot, like not not the 120, like forget the frame rate for a second, but the way it was crafted was interesting, right. um, with the POV stuff and like just the the yeah. way the shots exist and the way the actors exist in frames was really interesting. Um. And then to get the frame rate with that uh, around the world, I really did not like it all. Honestly, well, like, hang on, let's let's pause your thought for a second.
1: Why? Why do you do you think? Theory. Do you think the acting was bad because the frame rate was because it was shot on this really high frame rate, or do you think the acting was just bad because it it looked like it? Maybe even the at times the the shutter speed was
0: cranked well, I to think oblivion too, part of the reason that movie is weird is because it also was shot for three d you got to remember like when you shoot for three d you 're doing things you don 't normally do because you 're trying to get yeah. the three d you 're trying to get uh angles and stuff where like things push out of the screen right like right uh, one thing that, that depth exactly I'm trying to get like the depth thing like when they show the him separation. standing over vin diesel with the pistol shooting the guy like the pistol is in 3d would be out of the screen yeah. in your face shooting right um yeah and like his face you know center frame or whatever would be 3d and whatever so that i thought that was okay it's not as egregious as like Saw 3D, which is like just <laughs> the worst 3D movie ever, right? Um, which is
1: like done in post, exactly. You know, they can do like, but they shot it 3D. so
0: like cheesily for Ugh, 3D. Yeah. Um, I but I also <coughs> I only we I watched it in the 24, so. Frame rate was normal for me, and like there was nothing jittery about it necessarily. I mean, the copy that I had, the, the the bigger issue was, it was a weird coloring thing with their faces, and everyone was like really red for some reason, and I don't know if that's yeah. just the we talked the copy about that or, yeah, we did, yeah, uh, we we all, we all like agree. watched yeah. the movie
1: and we're like. Hey, was the color weird? And we all thought the color was weird. I don't know if that's a product of bringing it down. It shouldn't be. It feels like maybe someone who was transcoding this thing threw on a sharpening effect or some kind of weird filter that gave it like a really odd look to yeah, it
0: yeah the color shouldn't be affected by the frame rate yeah. portion of it, it shouldn't. Right? it's weird yeah um, it shouldn't but who i mean who
2: knows they i mean sh- they shot it on the sony cine alta f35 or whatever Oh, okay interesting i want to say the they used the older version of that camera when it first kind of came out with like um michael mann used it i think for um or a, sim- a similar camera, that same, that same series, I think, uh, sure. for um, Miami Vice and uh, Public Enemy. Oh, okay.
0: Ah. Uh, no, well, that's I, an I, interesting. I Cut I that the I,
2: Johnny Depp. Yeah, I could be wrong on yeah. that, but I'm pretty sure it's the same series, just this is the newer version. Yeah. I could, ah. I could be wrong, though. I
0: could uh, be wrong. I mean, interesting. basically every year they come out what, with a new version what, anyway. So, what, yeah.
1: Does that uh, camera... Produce a particular picture that
2: that it's, other cameras don't. It, it's more of that um, that uh, it's more of that reality TV look. Oh sure, yeah, a- I- almost
1: like DV. DV. It ha- it's it's, yeah. it's more
2: of a DV camera. Got um, it. I, okay, I, it has that more of a look um, than like the you know red camera or oh yeah, that's a right. very. Like it looks, uh, it looks like
1: they took the sharpening filter and. Yeah, so it on, I think I think it's thing. really probably the camera. If
2: anything,
0: you said right. the Sony Cuz obviously F-35? the lens Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow, that's like a very very cheap camera too. Holy shit! Yeah, wow. the the lens will change your
1: look, but it seems like it's a CCD sensor. Depending on sensor. what camera you pick. It's a CCD I don't
0: sensor. Know. What does that mean? Oh, like F, CCD. F, F6.5. So they F6 use the F6.5. Okay. that would make more sense. What is CCD sensor? CCD is like the older sensors, like when DV cameras like first came out and they were like not as good. Like It's kind of like an older style. But I believe of the F3.5,
2: I think, is what they use for public image, Well, F6.5
0: is still like a fairly... That one has a CMOS imager, um, like a sensor. Uh oh no is, that's is, no that's that's, a, that's more expensive. So this makes more sense. Now you're looking at like 65 grand for one of those. Okay. Um, is
1: is the CCD sensor is that like part like if you zoom in really close to an image and where there's like fine lines you see like a weird like there's like some reds and some greens on the side of it and it's not like it's not blurry but it's like Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The color kind of
0: shifts yeah, a little bit. Yeah, CCD CCD like Charlie Charlie Delta um like it's uh it's just yeah, it's it's like really old school video kind of what you're talking about where you get the kind of red and greenish um yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. But this is I'm uh we that's the old one. So the F65 um where the hell was I going with this? I had something I wanted to say about that. No, I can't remember. Uh, um, Billy Lynn was
1: shot with an older sensor? Well, Byron
0: said it's the F65 that F-65 was shot F65 is what
2: he shot it on, oh, yeah. oh,
0: what I wanted to say about that was I, when I was reading about shutter speed, there's a couple of digital cameras that exist, like the RE, one of the ARRIs, and I think one of these CineAlta ones, too, that one of the few digital cameras that actually have a uh, physical, like, rotating shutter Oh wow, which is kind of interesting. It's a combo between like film and and digital. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Is that just to get the to help get the look? film look? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because yeah, weird.
2: Because the, the company wouldn't
1: they need like the jitter of the film going through the camera too? Like, do they? You know how like when film's going through, it's not
0: perfect. It's like I mean, it's getting a little bit above little my bit. knowledge level. But like, I, I mean, I, I would imagine that it just kind of helps. I find it uh-huh. so interesting that it, gives it that flicker. That yeah. These yeah. companies
2: are film investing flicker. so much money into digital filmmaking, but yet still trying to emulate that film look. You yeah. know, yeah, like yeah. it's still a thing. And like you said, it, it it's still it's it's still going. We're still going to be seeing movies that are going to have that look, and we're going to in VR. You know, they're they're not doing like a DVVR or whatever. I mean, I'm sure they right. are, but they're trying to get that that air quote you know film look yeah for all for it all so it's an an interesting thing perspective or perception or whatever but yeah it's so weird i i i I, I, for for me for billy lynn i think like the, the the acting didn't seem to be because of what the camera was doing or anything i think it was bad writing
0: yeah i think i think i think that's uh a fair and they tried to like they made like the <laughs> drama sequences like the dialogue drama like this cheesy ass music and they just tried to like make it overly I sappy the Cheerleader,
2: and, like, i mean come like,
0: on like, dude the cheerleader yeah. stuff was so running bad, running dude. to running over to him like i
1: love you but then what was so cool about that was that she was in this cheesy movie right um but at the end, she's like, but you have to go back, right? Yeah. Like, that
0: was kind of nice, like, how she was. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. He, like, tried to float the idea out, like, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a way that I could stay. And she's like, but you're a hero. you got to go they back. needed to right. be Holy I, like, f- I
1: like the idea. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. You, I, I, know, like, I, I like, like, like the idea of, <laughs> of, like, someone who, like, I laughed because it was, like, before it was all stupid. But I really like the idea of someone who's, like. I I really like you because you're gonna leave soon. Like that's a really interesting that, thing. I just didn't think they like delivered that theme that's, as well as they could. Yeah, have.
2: That's how I took it negatively. Like I took it like she really isn't into him. She's into the idea. she's into the idea yeah. that right. he is sacrificing himself to, for his country. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that's the crux of the film was that. We, everyone, we, everyone we is as like the that. audience, are like this yeah. cheerleader. So all the people that are hoping that they get together feel, in a way, a little betrayed because... They really aren't Going to get together Right They, they really I are. mean
1: even like Everyone like After they get announced On the big screen A bunch of people From the audience Come in and talk to them About like their Relationship with the military Even the movie deal Like yeah. Steve Martin says like Hey this story belongs to us Not to you Right You know what I mean And he's like Well no hang on It belongs to me Yeah You know what yeah. I mean So like that You're right The entire Theme of the movie Like ingrained in it Is kind of that coarsed central idea I just the cheerleader thing just I mean, there's did not
2: <laughs> work totally didn't it. and there's like an interesting but the other
1: things did work
2: for it it was way like too rushed the other things worked really nice yeah. way too rushed like she's like calling him honey and sweetie and stuff and I'm like you guys just meet out in the back of a fucking like in a stadium and you love each other all of a sudden all of a sudden yeah, it's like, like you guys are like over all over
0: it. it's like what and like um i like the meta aspect of that movie like you guys are talking about like there's that sort of kind of comment that's going on and the movie itself was like watchable yeah yeah. there's a couple things i think the lack of violence sort of undercut the importance of the scene where he actually kills someone yeah yeah
2: for sure um
0: and just the cheesy, like, fucking dialogue stuff was just so, like, the everything with Kristen Stewart was just so fucking cheesy, and just tried to, they tried to lay it on so heavy. Her, like, her performances, she was, my, she was my favorite part of the movie. I'm just saying, like, everything about, like, I'm not, I'm not really, like, a big fan of her in general, but I'm just saying, like, oh, dude, she's I'm just so saying good. the... The scenes that she's in with him and now they're talking is just, they're trying to lay it on so heavy. I actually thought that they were going to like slip in a like, they're like in an incest relationship or something, dude, because <laughs> I the way she that. was talking is I, I so that, weird. I got that feel too. I didn't so know weird.
1: they were brother and sister. Yeah to start off and I was like oh is that like the his electric- girlfriend and then their brother and sister well, like yeah. holding yeah. head it's like, and, like weird stroking her hair dude, it was, like, I don't know, what like-, the fuck? like sitting on the bed yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. yeah I, just, I don't know dude like,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff was just not as weird the, the actual military stuff was weird one of the most egregious things though was the casting of Vin Diesel I could not take his <laughs> liberal karma spewing <laughs> bullshit seriously dude could nice. not at all <laughs> hey Keith can I tell you something I love you. (laughs) Go jump off a go go run out and get shot right now. You fucking idiot! I love you, dude. Like I love you. How do you cast him in that role and try to make him some fucking like like guru? Fucking I don't know, dude. That's like kind of his off-screen
2: persona, though. Is what that his role was? That like brotherhood you know what I mean like in all the special features of like you know Fast and the Furious movies he's always talking about like family and brotherhood and and everything so like the whole like I love you thing I'm just like this is basically Vin Diesel playing himself but like kind of like a more like alpha hippie
1: Right, dude. Like, the alpha hippie, hippie part
2: is just like that's a new that's a new it's thing a new this
0: thing, thing, but I, think,
2: I think it, it fits for ahead of its time. Like, he console. tried
0: to shoehorn in all this like fucking like commentary from like the hippie liberal, but it was like it was like someone who didn't believe in the hippie liberal <laughs> thing trying to make a hippie liberal character. Right, if that makes Yeah. It. Like I bet you the like because it's adapted from a book and I wonder how much that character's like it's that true. in the book But and then he makes right. a stupid decision to like run out there which made no sense like why did he run out and then start shooting from that yeah like, it, just, it just made no fucking sense but I think that, the, the best casting was Garrett Hedlund the, the, the guy dime, who plays his the, sergeant. the sergeant. Yeah, yeah. he was oh, pretty yeah. good. That guy was great. He's good. He's good yeah. in everything. He really Except for is his good hair. Guy. You can't have your hair that long. <laughs> I don't know why they left his hair like that and had everyone else shaved. But you know, hair ruins movies. It does, dude. Hair is important. Hair and shoes. Um, but also, around the world in eighty days, uh, I thought was just really fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> I just really uh, did not enjoy watching nice. it. It was two and a half hours and I was on my phone most it's of the three time. three hours. It's like two, well, maybe it's, I think it was two and a half. Which, <laughs> it was three hours, dude. Yeah, dude. Was I don't think so, dude. It was my, the version but I... Three
2: hours and one minute. Yeah, the version I'm watching is three uh, hours and one minute. Have, I... I saw like
0: two thirty something. You must have seen a, a, a shorter I'm, version. Maybe a short. I'm glad version, I didn't watch uh, three hours because I would have shot myself in the face. <laughs> dude, that movie is so dumb.
1: <laughs> you saw the. So uh, I think you stopped. saw the fast paced version that they the they fed through the projector maybe.
0: faster. Yeah. God, thank God. it's <laughs> just still so take stupid, it. dude, and like. I don't know. This just, just that is so the funny. only thing I liked about it was like the way it which it, it, the the framing was interesting framing. because uh, it was like was really a, they didn't really cut into much, which I thought they let a lot of characters exist on screen at the same time. Um, but it was just a it was just really really just a, it was really dated and just pretty egregious across the board and just kind of fucking a dumb it, dumb. Movie. It is extremely dated. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, and I, I'm dated. not really and I Byron <laughs> has no eye for what is dated Byron loves that shit you grew up on the classics <laughs> I, I really do did,
2: I didn't it didn't seem dated you really can't tell
0: dude the all. chick the princess said, that they I save is a white dated. woman I know It's a white actress <laughs> but I'm used then, to that and with then that. they do a scene where they like they go to fucking uh whatever part of whatever part of China they go to and they talk to that one dude who's Asian who speaks perfect English and then they go to <laughs> the southwest of America and none of the natives can like they give them like they're all like savages essentially they don't speak English they're just they want to fucking kill you and yeah. that's, it's like nice oh my god and elephants then, though all of the fucking pompous English dudes were just annoying fuckers the only thing that was interesting was Content uh, Floss who's the Mexi- who's the yeah, the yeah, servant, yeah. and he's actually a like a very well known in cinema history, like um, uh, comedian, like and Charlie Chaplin even like thinks he's like one of the better like comedians to ever exist, and he's Mexican, which is really yeah. re- you know crazy in that time in Hollywood to it, be it, that big. He was uh, the um,
2: biggest earning movie star, like he 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 earned more money. Um, th- he was basically the his. His film's he was the highest paid actor in the world when this film was released. That's crazy. Which and you is can crazy. tell
0: how much they tried to Whoa. funnel Chaplin into him too in the yeah, movie, yeah. from his hat to his you know, what he was wearing and his and it's his sort of like like uh reverse chaplin right? stash that yeah, he's got yeah, exactly. like right. and he was like uh, always
2: following the ladies like, yeah. after the ladies. Yeah, exactly. Who, so. who was the
1: Chaplin's like biggest uh not or competitor yeah who? what was that guy's name probably the other Buster Keaton like who has and, a role in this and Harold Lloyd yeah he does Buster yeah.
2: Keaton dude he's the, the the steam locomotive captain conductor or the the, the locomotive dude oh that's crazy the, in the western scene he's the he's the the train dude Wow, talk about a callback to Buster Keaton films. This is what's so great (laughs) about this movie, man. There's so many fucking awesome cameos. Wow. Like, George Raft, fucking John Gielgud. The guy... Okay, before you keep listening, uh, brief... Brief... Who that person is? I don't know any of these people. George Raft. George Raft is like... I mean, like, he was in all these like cool gangster films. Like, 30s and 40s and 50s. Um John Gielgud, or Sir John Gielgud, you know, famous British actor. Um, The guy who opens the movie with the Georges Méliès film. Um, Right. Famous news war uh, uh, correspondent guy, um, uh, uh, Murrow's. I mean, you guys, I know of er, one of the most infamous, like, um, broadcasters ever, who, ironically, grew up in uh was born in South Carolina but then moved to um uh Washington State in Skagit uh county and grew up Whoa, what the yeah, hell yeah grew up in uh Edison, which is about thirty minutes south of Bellingham where we're at. Yeah. Uh, um, Edison, oh yeah. weird, Like near Mount Vernon. Right right next to Mount Vernon, yeah. Frank it's, Sinatra oh, was in weird. this? Yeah, Frank Sinatra was the piano player yeah, in the West. Marlena Dietrich huh? is in this movie. She's the saloon girl and she's, you know, huge fucking star. Peter Lorre, the guy from M, is in this. He plays the Japanese um, guy on the boat. So um, Wikipedia has a full list of all the cameos. It's, it's actually a really fucking long list. It's a huge list. I yeah. mean, the, the, the cast of this is just Shirley MacLaine, you know, who's still alive, uh, is, you know, plays the the lady that gets rescued um, from, you know, from the fire and stuff. Like, th- th- The cameos are insane. If you just if you just like click on the Wikipedia, the names you're like, oh shit, that guy was like nominated for an Oscar. Oh shit, this guy was in, you know, you know, worked with so and so. Like, it's just kind of an insane thing because like these cameos, some of them are so fucking short, but they're in there. That's weird.
0: Uh, So let's do a quick. Let's get into it because I'm kind of curious now on on Byron's opinion here. Yeah. Well, yours was Billy Lynn. Yeah, Billy Lynn. Only. I I mean. Basically, I'd say I gave Billy Lynn three out of five, and I gave Around the World, like, one and a half or something. Like, I just, oh, damn. I didn't like it, dude. I, damn. From the, I'm not big into, like, I mean, I can be in, like, I got to be in the mood to watch adventure films. Yeah, right. Like, especially, like, epic adventures and stuff. Like, I really got to be in the mood for it, and I just was not for this. So, That's so funny. and I, I don't know. Maybe I'll rewatch it in the future, but right now I just did not yeah. like it at wow. all. This, this list is fucking it's huge. huge. It's no joke how big it is. Um, but Byron, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say uh, around the world in eighty days because oh, you're. Why? you're,
2: <laughs> you're uh,
0: I'm like trying to lean away from all the splooges coming out right now. Yeah, but, basically. Um, no, I uh, don't know, but it's it, it's be actually safe. kind Wear of a life jacket in there. it's. A, it's I mean. <laughs> You could like Billy Lynn a lot, though, just because it's you know the, the yeah. what they're talking about, the theme like themes, the military, the film, like you know, like just war movies, stuff like that. Um, you know, I don't know, but I think you know you grew up on the classics, so I guess we got to say around the world. Yes, yeah, uh, what Keith said. I mean, I feel
1: like uh, this is just your kind of movie. Yeah, you know? like... It's why, why you grew up? Byron, exactly. Wet Dream.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a super nostalgic this movie. Is, uh, this is Wet Dream for Yeah, the Biden, power I of guess. nostalgia, man. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. it's like super nostalgic. How
1: much nudity was in this movie that <laughs> was required for like, Byron. Like, Red the record.
2: themes and stuff in this movie don't really uh, speak, speak to, to me at all. Like, I would never make this type of movie, but, but like, it was just fun seeing all these actors play these small bit parts in this big kind of like grandois epic film that you just don't see made anymore um which is cool uh that's what I liked about it the nostalgia part um but I did really like Billy Lynn's uh long halftime walk in the sense of like the like you said the technical aspect of it I really appreciated um Trying to get into kind of thinking about like, oh, why is Ang Lee doing this? Like, mm-hmm. why why is he switching this POV? And then all of a sudden, this shot. You know, yeah. I like that version. I like I like the 120 frames per second idea. Um, um, uh, I, I kind of want to see more films. Kind of try it out. Um, I, I, I think the weakest part for me was was the writing. I think the writing killed some of the performances, and it kind of killed some of the themes that he was trying to go for. Other than
0: that, I didn't think the movie was. I don't understand Ang Lee, dude, how he's got this weird like sine wave where like he'll have a really good movie and then a really bad movie and then a really good movie and a bad movie. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? It seemed like with
1: with this movie, his focus was... To test things out but In te- feature te- Yeah but that's You know? be- Like it, w- it was like the R- It was like an R&D movie That's such more a bad excuse it was That's like-,
0: like saying That's why Avatar's good Because they like Push technology It's like well It's still a bad movie Like at the end of the day It still had shitty I writing a- Avatar Avatar is a way better movie
2: than Than Billy Lynn I, I'm not I didn't say that I was just saying I don't like Avatar this is like 60 oh. years from now there's gonna be another podcast where, they're going, where there's gonna be another like Keith who's going to equate Billy Lynn with some like it. or no what was the one that we watched uh good g- um God damn it! Eighty days? No, the one that the one that Keith hated. Um, uh, Uh, I've hated multiple movies. The one um,
1: Millionaire. Who wants to marry a millionaire? How to marry a millionaire? millionaire. Yeah, Yeah. How to marry a millionaire. millionaire. Have that on Blu-ray. It's going to be. (laughs) Uh,
2: One day you'll burn it. It's it's going to be a. It's going to be like that where it's like someone's going to hate the film, but they're going to appreciate the its place the in history. part of it. Right. It's, just such a d- it's just to me
0: it's a dumb excuse for like it shouldn't have you shouldn't have made a shitty movie because you wanted to you test should, out technology. Yeah, you should like, try You should right. try and
2: push it as far as you possibly can. Because you
0: can test yeah. out technology without even making a movie. Yeah. Let's go shoot some shit in 120 frames. Dude I think
2: right. I think like another like um, Wooksaw film in yeah. 120 frames per second would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, to, just to play devil's advocate here, I think making a movie and testing footage is two completely different, almost disciplines. Like, when you're making a movie, you're like you have deadlines you ha- you are required by contra- like contractually to do it but when you're doing like R&D for like a movie and shooting test footage there's not you don't really like take the same amount of care as you would for a movie so i think ang, ang lee trying to focus on like what 120 frames per second means for the actor's performance, for the cinematography, for the for all of that stuff, I think it has to like be a movie. And for that guy to do something like this, I think is really great because he he could do anything he wants. Yeah, it's true. You know, he he is a he is a masterclass director. He is huge. Anyone would probably take him on for a project. I mean, obviously because Billy Lynn got made, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, is for him to go out and use a movie template to experiment and test this n- technology in the way that he did, I thought was really great. And it was really nice of him to give that to the community
2: you know, think it uh, of filmmakers. I think it could have been a better, um, better story, though. A different story. It
1: could have been a better like, I story. Think, I
2: think he could have – like American Sniper would have been better in 120 FPS than this movie. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you wanted to do something that was kind of a war movie but had something to say, he could have done... And and instead of Clint Eastwood doing American Sniper, which, you know, some of the criticism was that it seemed like, you know, kind of like propaganda. If Ang Lee did it, it wouldn't come off as propaganda. It would have come off more as maybe what this was trying to do, you know? Right. With, like, right. you know, servicemen and, you know, about service and stuff. But, uh... I... I, I I think I think I know what I, where Keith is coming from in the sense of like it like why this why this project like also no, just yeah, don't why,
0: like why this
2: content yeah, yeah like you know like why this story? okay if it
0: wasn't Ang Lee it would be and it was like some amateur filmmaker it would be shit on it, entirely yeah because like oh you did the technology instead of focusing on the story that's what that's Ex- what I'm saying exactly like, you can't use that, that is, excuse for Ang Lee that's that's bullshit yeah like, it's it's
2: like Christopher Nolan in a way it's very true in the sense of like he. But yet, he executed Dunkirk But that's well. what I'm saying. Like, like he... <laughs> right, but at
1: the same time, like, what what amateur filmmaker can, can go into a studio and be like, hey, I want $40 million, and I'm going to shoot it in 120 frames per second, and we're going to present it in that. Yeah. Like, no amateur filmmaker can do that. That's not so what I'm saying, that... though.
0: I'm not, I'm not saying oh, that. So what what I'm saying, saying is that you... the If it was an amateur filmmaker, and they put, like... One of the biggest follies or one of the biggest things that amateur filmmakers have an issue with is they always, they focus on the technology. Like, what camera should I shoot this on? That doesn't fucking matter. Is your story good? And most of the time, if their story's, if it looks pretty, but their story is bad, then it's a bad movie. Like, you can't, And but in the case of Ang Lee, people are willing to forgive it because it's like, well... He was testing stuff out. No, that's bullshit. That's not a, That's not an excuse for that. You can't sacrifice your story because you want to test some shit out on technology. That's fucking. That's it's Ang Lee being an amateur, basically. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No. The logic is. That's the funny. logic is sound there. I
1: that, I, uh, I I I agree with that. That that makes sense to me. I I think, um, where I give Ang Lee a pass is the fact that he, he that he did it in this way. So if he and we we've seen him have a very story f- like focus very content is king focus all throughout his entire career. And so I I think him saying, "Hey, I'm going to focus on this stuff over here and just see if we can advance the technology and yeah, the story isn't, like, as good, which which kind of sucks. And maybe the movie would be better if the story was better. I mean, it probably would be. <laughs> um, but uh, I just, I like that he still went out and did it. I, I, re- I really don't lo- like this movie at all. I I don't think I'm going to watch it again. But um, as far as, like, what he was, like, pushing for, I guess I can appreciate the the art of it Basically, right, uh, if he more. hadn't
0: made Crouching Tiger and Life of Pi before this movie, he would have been laughed out of the room. Like he only got to make well, this yeah. movie because 100%. of the baggage, which is okay. I get that side of it. Like, okay. The baggage but, but and, he, and being able to yeah. do it. It's like, it's the same idea as like Nolan being able to walk in, pull 200 million out for an original film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't Ang Lee, peop- other people would struggle. Like if he didn't prove that something yeah. worked with Life of Pi, it would have people would have struggled. But it's just annoying that like he got so hyper focused on the technology when the technology didn't fucking make a difference in this movie. Well,
2: well that's the thing is what right. I guess what I'm disappointed... but but he could have. He could have just gone and made something else and made a bunch more money. You know? I, uh, what I guess I'm disappointed in is that Ang Lee it actually has like more to his name than like Christopher Nolan. But Christopher Nolan would never ever release a film like Billy Lynn. He would be he. The thing is, is with Christopher Nolan is that he knows what's important. He's not going to give something that's half-assed or. A, 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 a subpar because I, I honestly don't think Ang Lee is going to look at this film and say that he's like super proud of it
0: well I you know I, what I mean
2: yeah, like, cause, cause, yeah Christopher Nolan's so. like standard I think is higher right so if he was to do something like get 200 million dollar budget and do like 120 frames per second thing he I think what like he's saying like I think his story would be fucking better right like, like they're, they're not <laughs> a fair
0: comparison past talking about how they push technology and film yeah. Beyond that, they're not a fair comparison of filmmakers. Right, it's, I think it's just
2: Nolan is superior.
0: Right,
1: but really, Ang-, Ang Lee isn't. He's not really pushing technology in the way that a, I've seen a bunch of people online say that he is. Like he's he didn't invent 4K, sixty frames per second. Right. You know that shit's been around forever. He was just the first person to pick it up and present it in this yeah. way. As a feature film. But there have been short films, there have been a bunch of research and development that is all behind the scenes, that is trying to figure out, is is 120 frames per second even a thing, you know? And all that stuff is not in the consumer's eye. But he decided that he was going to do it in the consumer's eye, and and see how people would react to it. And that is why I like it, you know? And, yeah, if... A newbie filmmaker showed up and was like, "Hey, I want to do this in 120 frames, and it's going to be on this camera, and it's going to be really good." Then they would <laughs> totally get laughed out of the room, and that sucks, and is not fair. But that's that's filmmaking. You no, know, for you know? sure. Like, like we can't change. They, they that know Angley.
0: They don't know me, so I get I get that. But um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do where we are pushing way past the time. Um, yeah. So let's do a quick yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Let's get it wrapped up here. Let's do um, a quick. Chat. I only take like twenty seconds. Max. Well, you said you didn't really like Billy Lynn, so I'm going to say you liked Around the World. <laughs> he did. He, nice. Yeah, I want to
2: say that because I think you kind of picked the Around the World that that it was it was your favorite of the two. But but, wow, I, but, I, yeah. but I do know that you guys that you like Kristen Stewart, but her part is so fucking small in this movie that I don't think it was enough to sway you. Right.
1: Um honestly, I I uh I already told you guys this, but I think I could just tell the listeners. I, I didn't finish um uh Around the World because I've just been fucking destroyed this week. Like <laughs> with with work, like it's been insanity uh been commuting up to seattle and putting in 10 hour plus days and i just i wasn't able to get around to doing that and prepping for the history of of frame rates it's just been insane but i did watch a good solid half of it and from that i could i think i it's fair to say that i like uh around the world more and i think um Billy Lynn's. I was just kind of annoyed by the story the whole time. It just, it felt really hollow. It felt like it was trying to be something that it wasn't actually delivering. Um, and also, I watched it in twenty four frames, and then later I watched some scenes in in sixty because we can't can't watch it in one twenty. Uh, and the color thing really threw me off, and it was jittery to me. I don't know if that's a product of going from 120 to 24 frames per second which i feel like it should be pretty fucking close to being exactly 24 if you were to transcode it down like that but uh for some reason the jitterness was was getting to me maybe maybe my eye is trained to see that because i i look at 30 to 24 frames per second every day constantly like i i can tell when something's transcoded you know it's like oh that's bad
2: (laughs) like you know like
1: that's totally that's not smooth yeah totally and this movie was not very smooth and i'm not sure if that was the copy that i had or or what it was um but yeah it was hard to get into just for that you know for sure just because of the dipping and man,
0: dipping just fucking blows. It takes me out. <laughs>
1: and then the color. Yeah. The
0: color was also better. So watch it in 24 if you can. Is basically, uh, <laughs> try yeah. to, uh, try yeah. to, or just, or yeah, yeah, you should watch both of these movies. Though. Or just, uh, go just find one movies. of those
2: five rooms and f- watch it in the full 120 FPS 3D thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 3D. <laughs> or if you're really 3-3. into it, I guess you can watch it in 60, which will be a significant difference from 24. Okay, Um, can
2: can
1: I ask you guys one last question, real quick? Why does high frame rate work for gaming and sports, but not for movies?
2: I I mean, I think I think uh,
0: that's a loaded question. I don't know. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, that's um, not a quick one. I think my answer, my quick answer, would be that I couldn't say that it that it's better for those because I think it's it's it's. It's not like it's super new technology, but it hasn't been fully um explored yet. So I couldn't say that it's better or not. It, I is.
0: Think it is it is actually. Sixty is actually better for, for gaming, it is. Um and and for sports. <clears throat> well, sports I can see it because you want to see Every detail of what's going on Like it just kind of makes sense For the style of things For games it's different because games already exist Sort of like your suspension of disbelief For gaming is so much More than for movies So like and I don't know there's something just about smooth games That just I don't know when you play a game In 60 versus 30 you notice a difference And it is just, boy, it just I, works yeah, yeah. I wonder if
1: it's like a First person
0: shooter thing you know
1: like your Call of Duties, if you... Because, like, when we're watching Billy Lynn, we're distracted by all the things that are moving in the background. But when you're playing an FPS like Call of Duty, you're trying to find the guys that are way far in the distance, and you're trying to hit them, you know? So you want to be able to, like, see that like that first movement before the other guy can get you.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's also something about motion blur and how motion blur can kind of be nauseating in gaming too, like when you're spinning yeah. around uh looking around in a world or whatever, but it, I don't know. There mm-hmm. it's when you play versus 30 versus 60, you do notice a difference and you notice that it's just a lot smoother. It just I, I don't know. It's just something. It probably has to do with animation and rendering and stuff like that, too. You know, I right. wonder if an animated movie might flow better in, in 60. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <clears throat> that's why I think
1: Avatar might be okay. And
0: but also that one's being rate. shot for the purposes of 3D, too. Like, like I said, high frame rate also right. really helps 3D a lot. Um, but that's a another long leg of this discussion that I think we can have if we talk about 3D um specifically Legs. yeah Uh, so if you have any uh, and likes (laughs) if you have any questions topic suggestions opinions or if you have any facts fact corrections send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com we're always trying to learn new things we'd love to hear from you you know we'll also talk about those on the show so if you you know if you do send stuff stuff in uh, we'll talk about it Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes uh, all of which can be found on iTunes Stitcher and SoundCloud if you like the show please Please rate it on iTunes because it helps others find us. Um, our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com.
1: From the ashes of Todd A.O. comes a new company. Built replace IMAX, skinny. skinny IO AO, skinny AO, <laughs> Jesus Christ, seventy millimeter, oh, God. forty-two uh, channels of sound, eight hundred frames per second, um, <laughs> skinny AO coming twenty forty-two. So that could be a Nelly song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one thing we want to start doing too is reading uh, listener weekend recommends on the show this week. We just don't have enough time so we can double up um, next week um, or cover his next week. Uh, as well, whatever, however, that will work out. But we will we'll, just, we'll cover it. You just you don't just want to do it now? Well, I don't have it pulled up, and like, dude, we're we're like pushing time. And all right, all right. we'll do it next week. Um, and next week, so you got to help me out with this. So next week, we're covering. We're gonna have another guest on, uh, Mr. David Miller. Dave Miller.
1: Um, uh, he is a filmmaker uh, who I met in Arizona. Okay. Um, He is a director and an editor Fantastic Um, And he is
0: awesome And (laughs) um, the films I forgot to write them down so I'm trying to pull them up It is
1: Killer Clowns
0: From Outer Space and Tremors. Yeah, we're going to be talking about B movies, killer killer cult movies with, slash B movies. Um, yep. So Killer Clowns from Outer Space, both with K's, and then Tremors. Actually, I Actually, haven't seen Tremors in a while, so that'll be interesting. I've never seen um, Tremors. I've never some seen Kevin Bacon. Yeah, never seen, yeah, either I've Kevin never seen Bacon <laughs> Tremors either. It's really interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting movie. Um, so yeah, make sure you uh, watch those films to be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>